0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're, I'm going to need one of these remaining National League teams to upset one of the evil umpires in the ALCS home for Cubs news updates and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating. It helps other people find the show. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about why the Phillies and Padres are so much more fun and good at baseball than any of the AL teams at Bleed Cubby Blue and more. And I am joined, as always, by the one and only Danny Brockett. How's it going, Danny?
1: Great. How's it going with you? Nice to be Uh, here.
0: I am in my third city in a week. So, you know, busy. Uh, We're recording from my hotel room in Denver. At least I am. So if you notice anything different with the sound, it's out of my control. (laughs) We're going to do the best we can. Uh, So a little jet lagged, but honestly, it's sunny here. And I'm enjoying the fact that it's like 78 degrees. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and we are gonna get some unseasonably warm weather this weekend in Chicago too, but then it's gonna end. It's been it's been cold here. It felt like insta winter, but you know, it comes and it goes here, but uh hey, every day of winter is one day closer to baseball season, right?
0: It is. And in fact well, for I... the
1: Cubs fans, the baseball <laughs> season's still going, I guess. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, baseball season still going. I was going to say it's also one day closer to I am going to the Arizona Fall League uh, at the start of November for First Pitch Arizona, which I'm super excited about. If you're a fantasy per- type person who is going to First Pitch Arizona, make sure you come say hi. But I am going to get to see a ton of our up and coming Cub stars in the Fall League, and I'm really looking forward to that. It seems like Brennan Davis and Matt Mervis in particular are having a nice little showing down there so far.
1: Yeah. Well, and did you see the uh the word on Matt Mervis was that they're like, actually he stinks. <laughs> you know I was just like, Well, that was that was quick. Like he went from like the greatest player of all time. It's Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron mixed into one guy in the minor leagues, to like Keith Law being like, Actually he's not that good. The peripherals stink, <laughs> you know, like, What happened? So you'll have to go see with your own eyes there, Sarah.
0: I will. But I mean, the the crux of Keith's argument is not something I'll be able to observe because it's about the pitching quality that he's seeing in the fall league. And like, yeah, every I mean, I think Keith's argument is basically like anybody can mash against this. And it's like, okay well, that doesn't mean he can't mash (laughs) against other people. Like I recognize where he's going with like there could be some holes in his swing that could be exploited at higher levels. But that's just a reason that I think the Cubs should promote him pretty much immediately if he has a good spring training to figure out if those holes can be fixed or not. Like, you know, chop, chop. Why not?
1: Why (laughs) not? I mean, who's he blocked by?
0: Literally no one at the moment. Although (laughs) Free agency, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the Cubs and yes, I'll definitely bring a report back from the fall league. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, The Cubs are cutting season ticket holder prices 5.1% according to a report from John Greenberg of the athletic today. Danny, my thought on this <laughs> is that that's not enough. Like the team is like 40% worse. So the ticket should be 40%. Well, cheaper. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we
1: we were going free all at the end of the year. I mean, so yeah, they can cut it 5% and make it seem like that they're doing something. And oftentimes that when they cut things like this, it's not really a cut of the, premium games it's like one time that they said oh ticket prices went down three percent and they really didn't they just had like worse games so like there was more bronze level seats because there were more april games like that's why it was cheaper it wasn't because they were bestowing upon us these cheaper tickets so i think we got to look into like the specifics of how it's cheaper by 5.1 percent but um, but this is kind of like, you know, how like Biden came out and he's like inflation's down and you're like, actually, it's really high up like it doubled and then it came back a little bit, you know, so it's you know, it's like a little shell game, you know, oh, it's cheaper. No, it's not like beer prices at Wrigley Field doubled within the last eight years. OK, so now if you're like, oh, it's a dollar cheaper. Well, OK, you know, it, <laughs> it, but it doubled first. And then it came back a a bit because you saw that you had uh, gotten into demand. You had started eating into demand. And I think that's what they did. You know, they just, nobody's going to buy a ticket from the Cubs. A, because their season ticket holders have been taking it on the chin for the last couple years, at least since Blue Friday. And so the Cubs had to do something because they blown through the list. They blew oh, the they've totally clear blown clear through the list. list. I mean,
0: I, would, I I came up and I was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> I'm going to take my $6 tickets on stuff and not have to worry about selling the remainder tickets that I can't
1: use. <laughs> I was like 10,000th on the list and then they called me and I was like, yo. And Danny, now, I was like
0: 68,000th on the list and I wish I could say it was 69,000th, but it wasn't, nah, it, but it, well, it was like 68,000th.
1: It's so bad that, you know, our friend Tony in the bleachers? He signed up his cat, like named Mr. Pickles or something like that. I forget the cat's name, but he signed up his cat. The cat's number came up. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> this, this is where we're uh, at, Cubs fans. Tony Tony, Tony's cat is going to get season tickets uh, at this point. No, I mean, I want to go back to what you were saying about concessions and the price of concessions, though, because I actually think that the, they didn't commit to those staying static at all. I mean, if they're going to cut – Ticket prices, I would bet beer prices go up. Right. Yeah. Like they're totally, they're going to make it up somewhere. It's not like the Cubs aren't coming for your money, people. They are coming for your money. They're just also hoping they can stop a bunch of season ticket holders from canceling their subscriptions while the team is god awful and the tickets are unresellable.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't really necessarily with the intelligent spending uh, mantra that they're, loading out to us again i don't necessarily see that changing real quickly like could they come out and like make a big splash and get all the free agents i guess i mean even even a shiny new shortstop would do something but you're only talking about adding five wins <laughs> so well, like, so this is that's this if is everything else point. goes the same you know
0: this is a great point and i I've, I've only halfway through the series but last week i started a series looking at where the Cubs are at relative to competitive teams and what they need to add. And the first part of the series just looked at position players. So like how much total Fangraphs war did the Cubs have relative to the teams that were in the playoffs and what would they need to add once they lose Wilson Contreras and some of the other players who are like no longer going to be on the team, some of whom are negative war players, by the way. So you're like gaining by subtraction there. Um, and the bottom line is that I found they needed to add about 14 to 20 war. just four position players if they wanted to get to the level that the teams who are in the playoffs are at. That's huge. That's a huge amount of war that you need to add. Now, some of that could come from the farm system internally, like we were just talking about Brennan Davis or Matt Mervis. Like Those are upgrades potentially that are within the farm system and you don't have to go out and spend a ton of money on them. But even if you add a Trey Turner or a Carlos Correa and they have a career year, you're looking at, Like five or six war total from them. So you still gotta, you still gotta find (laughs) ten. You still need ten additional war, and and you're taking away like three point five war from your catcher spot. It's like it. it, That's before we get to pitching, Danny. I just this team is this team is close to being able to compete with the Cardinals for the division and nothing else. And we saw how quickly the Phillies 86 the Cardinals and thank you, by the way, God bless you, Phillies. Yeah. Uh thank you for that. But we saw how quickly the Phillies dispatched of the Cardinals in the division. It's making series.
1: me it's making me go for the Phillies because I'm like, thanks Phillies, you know, and then they got Nick the stick and they got our old man, Kyle. And um, even though I've never been a fan of Bryce Harper and his pretty boy hair, I, I definitely am so appreciative of them um, ending St. Louis this season in, in a pretty beautiful manner, especially that game one comeback. Like, I'm just going to think about that all winter St. Louis <laughs> thinks they have it. And then their fans laughed and like, you know, made themselves look like bad fans, you know, loved it. Oh, it was, it was
0: a thing of beauty. And I honestly think if the Phillies keep their momentum up, we're going to talk about the divisional series and the championship series in just a second here. I think they might be the team to beat because like they, they got a ton of energy from that comeback win and they just like have not looked back. Ever since. Um
1: well, before and I'm sure Phillies aren't having trouble with their ticket prices or filling gonna- the stadium right now, like the Cubs aren't, you know. They won't Dude. be cutting their prices next year. So it almost feels like a white flag. You're like, okay, we know we're gonna stink still. So <laughs> let's take it, let's dial it back.
0: <laughs> Dude, let's just get into this Phillies divisional series for a second, because we haven't done a divisional series recap here. First of all, the Phillies looked like an offensive machine against the Atlanta Braves. They were just putting up runs left, right, and center. But also, did you see, one, it was so loud at Citizen Bank Park. Like, I was just, I was pretty stunned at the energy that the Phillies fans brought. It sounded like Wrigley Field in 2015 and 2016 to me, and those games were some of the most intense fan situations that I've ever seen in my life. None other than Kyle Schwarber, maybe trolling Cubs fans a little, maybe just trying to endear himself to his long-term fan base in Philadelphia, said it was the best divisional series atmosphere he's ever been in. And that dude has played at Wrigley and Fenway when both were rocking. So, like, that is that is no small amount of praise from Schwarbs. And like, I know some Cubs fans were like, that "Can't be true," and it's like, whatever. Like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but. I understand why Kyle said it. And frankly, I love the energy from both the Phillies fans and the Padres fans in this postseason. They are here to play.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's fun. And, uh, I mean, well, here's the thing. They come home to Philadelphia. They put up nine runs in game three. They put up eight runs in game four. Like, of course, your stands are going to be rocking. Like, what do you get at Wrigley Field? We got, like, a one-to-nothing hobby in the basket. (laughs) You know, we're all freezing there in the stadium. So, like, you know, we, I don't know. It was a little tighter you know, for the, the Cubs, like for when Kyle played in, in that, um, it got as far as this before actually, how far did he get with the Red Sox?
0: They got, they made it to the championship series.
1: Oh, ALCS was it? Wait, hold
0: on. Let me think about this. Was was it the championship series last year?
1: Either way. I know they they beat the Yankees in the wild
0: card and then they beat the Rays in the division series. And then well, they and lost we know in the this. championship
1: series. And then he has yeah, 20...
0: been, been everywhere.
1: Well, the but also the 2016 season too. Like, not to take it too personally, but he was only in the World Series, right? So he only got to experience he, that. Which he
0: did the divisional yeah. series in 2015, though. Like That's he was true. definitely there for that St. Louis divisional series, which I was like, I don't believe you that the energy in Philadelphia for the Phillies Brave stuff was better. It was than the over Cardinals- the Cardinals,
1: yeah. That Habs was
0: divisional series because like the that was
1: War Board. You yeah. could
0: hear the you could hear the ballpark down the street in 2015. Like, there's just no way. I'm sorry, I love you, Kyle. I, I understand what you're doing here. There's no way. And also, I appreciate that Phillies fans are bringing it enough that you can say that with a straight face and nobody's going to question you. <laughs>
1: Hey, I mean, but I can see Philly fans bringing it. I mean, they're, they've been, they're not long suffering. I mean, they used to be long, long, long suffering. Cause they had just terrible teams for decades. They were always basement dwellers for years and years and years. And then it's been since what, like 2007, eight, you know, 2009, and then they, kinda... they
0: were in the world series. Uh, they lost the world series to the Yankees in 2009. They last won it in 2008.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty good. That's a good, it's a great run for like that that group. Um, and then they were good in the eighties. So it seems like they just have like a bit of a churn now. Um, but I don't know. I, I've never liked the Phillies. Like they've always been a team that kind of bugged me. Cause it, Philadelphia fans are so rude. And, um, and I, I've caught a, a, quite a few games at citizens bank and it's just never gone well for me. Like I always felt like I was going to get beat up or something like almost rough, in the same way. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, it is. It's just rough. So like I, I just, you know, they're, they'll definitely yell at you if you have the other team's gear on, you know, you're going to get a talking to. And so that's just, you know, I, you just don't want to get beat up is all, you know, I, you could take a little ribbing, but yeah, it's rough in there. Um. So, but I find myself rooting for them and it, and as much as, you know, now they're playing the Padres and well, if you want to talk about the Braves first, I think it's hilarious that their organist played go Cubs go when Kyle came to the plate. That was pretty, that
0: was outstanding. Actually that same organist used to play go Cubs go when, uh, Edmundo Sosa would come up to the plate for the Cardinals. Sosa, who is now a Philly who was instrumental in the comeback against the Cardinals, which, you know, I like how that Sosa thing just came full circle there to Sosa beating the Cardinals again. That was, that was really great. I heard a stat in the championship series about him that blew my mind. With the Cardinals, he was batting 189. After working with Kevin Long of the Phillies, the same dude that like transformed Kyle Schwarber, he hit 315 in 38 games with the Phillies. What is Kevin Long doing with these with these batters? How does Edmundo Sosa go from a 189 hitter to a 318 hitter after working with a hitting coach for two weeks? And why have the Cubs not hired Kevin Long?
1: Yeah. And um, well, because he'd be their 15th batting coach in the last decade, we could probably just like know that the batting coach might not be the issue or, uh, you know, maybe we just keep getting the wrong one. Um, yeah. Kyle Schwarber though. It's funny t- talking about him. Uh, and I love to see him, but he's not having a great uh, it's uh, series. Like he's not having a great postseason.
0: Well, wow. hold on. I mean, he, didn't have that- a, he did not have a great divisional series. He well, looks he, like a different dude in the championship series and we're not okay. at the championship series yet, but, so but I'll, I'll spot you that for the divisional series. But when we get to the championship series, we're going to have to have he, a fundamentally different conversation about Mr. Schwarber.
1: That, he's taken a lot of walks, so I'll give him that much. He's taken five walks in 26 at bats. He's got the one big home run, but he's only batting 115 uh, 286 OBP and he's slugging 231, so he's just got the home run. You know that's it for him. So I'm hoping he turns it on. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm rooting for Kyle. I want him to get another ring more than I think maybe some of the other guys like you know Rizzo like on the Yankees. Like it's hard to root for him just can't because. Cheer for the
0: Yankees. I can't. Like yeah, I exactly
1: even you know, with Rizzo.
0: So yeah, exactly. So I had. I had my AL championship series preview up yesterday, which I called the uh, let the hate flow through you series. Yeah, I saw that. No, I read that. Yeah, really (laughs) just like I can't I can't with either of these teams. And the thing with the Yankees is that they managed to be the cockiest fan base on the planet because of their 27 World Series wins and blah, 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 blah. And we're the Bronx Bombers from New York, yada, yada. And also the most aggrieved fan base because they haven't won since 2009 and oh my god our team sucks and why can't Aaron Boone do anything right and we're so maligned we had to play at four o'clock and now our pitching is going to be messed up because of the rain and I'm just like just stop you're the whiniest fan base in the AL I can't handle it and as much as I love Anthony Rizzo it is impossible to cheer for those people to be happy
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And I had to live through a lot of that stuff living there when they'd win the World Series every single year. And they'd be like yelling out the windows and everybody honking their horns. And I'm just like sitting there as a Cub fan feeling like an idiot because we have never gotten to do any of that stuff at the time. Um, And uh, they, they just do it every year to the point where they don't even show up for the Division Series. They don't care they're like well maybe i'll go to the world series like they're not even that interested like oh i'll start paying attention in the in the cs cuz they already took the the division by 12 games or something so um yeah but that series was a mess you know i felt bad for cleveland um they really had their they played well considering what they had to go through and they had the rainout uh two rainouts or is it just the one rainout
0: no i think they had well wait did they,
1: they, have, they had a weird off they day. Had, yeah.
0: And then they, ha-
1: they, they had a rain out in the, I actually, in the, in, to, in, the, in the wild anyway. card.
0: Yeah. yeah whatever. It, like, so it messed it's up the pitching. Raining in I'm New really York. sorry. It rained.
1: <laughs> it rained. And then, you know, it allowed the Yankees to set up uh, their um, pitching staff to have, well, what's his name, pitch? The last guy that went out there. I forget. But, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Whatever. But the, it... it Division in in the final I game in the division series against Cleveland, uh, the guy that pitched, I can that, look it up, but it said, I'll just keep talking. It's not important. Nester the important Cortez, thing is, is Nestor right? Cortez. Yes, absolutely. And so they allowed him in to pitch, but also like they made everybody sit through. It was nice all day in New York. And they're like, wow, well, it was a travel day. I'm like, they're like, they're not used to that. I'm like, you couldn't. You couldn't play the game in the daytime. You couldn't start at three o'clock and get it done at seven. Like get the game in. Like what's wrong with you? Like MLB, what did they not have? Like the weather app on their phones? Like what is wrong with you? Like, and people are like, oh, well, they're not used to doing that stuff. And they're not used to, uh, you know, playing the, in the daytime after a night game. I'm like, yes, they are. Sometimes they have to play a double header that way. And it's not ideal but you know the rain's coming. So flip some stuff around. You can do what? it by a few hours and I understand you've got your uh stadium staff that you got to do with. You got all that stuff going on. But just pay people to be available all day. And well, put I'm them just... on call. And cuz you have the money, it is the playoffs, get the game in. Like then they had a situation for the first time in history where the NLDS is end or the ALDS is ending on the day. The NLCS is starting. Right. So, and and it's only because they had some stupid television off day and they need to get the game on at seven o'clock. Well, guess what? It wasn't on at seven o'clock anyway. It was on the next day at three. So which Yankees uh, yeah. fans complained about, and they did. Couldn't come. You like, and they had sat there through the rain delay, drinking $20 beers, <laughs> throwing a football around till the, 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 they stopped them from doing it. And then they called the game after three hours, of taking in your money and, and uh, just ridiculous, just horrible. And then, uh, you know, they, they, they could have started the game at 10 o'clock or, but that's stupid too. Um, So I don't know. They just got to do a better job, be a little bit more flexible. I mean, we have the technology to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Kind of. I kind mean, of. yeah, it's just, <laughs> I like
0: how it, the most interesting thing we can talk about from the Yankees Cleveland series is the rain. <laughs>
1: Well, nobody like, scored. I mean, I know it
0: was it was just kind of a boring series. I mean, no offense, but also like I feel like you know Cleveland not not fans of the rain. The rain doesn't work out for them, and and that was it. Like I was
1: Yankees hoping it was like a, their thing. I was hoping it was like a reverse kind of thing where it would have worked out in their favor. Like they need the rain because the rain got done to them. You know, like the little witchcraft thing. Like you need to embrace. Just like we were saying, hey, for the Yankee uh, for the. The Cleveland uh, guardians, the Yankees is, you know, their mountaintop and they've got to come over that. And they've had a lot of run-ins with the Yankees over the years, the guardians and the Cleveland franchise, they've been in it a lot. Or, you know, they even, that's that, that CC Sabathia game, like from dating it, you know, it's a while back. Oh, yeah. But it's they, a while ago, but they've been in it as much as the Cubs have been in it. I, you know, that's, not even a real stat, but I would look it up and they, they just always hang around. They always manage to put together the central's never really all that great in the AL. So they, they've tended to, to win quite a bit, but they got to get past the Yankees. And in the same way, the Padres had to get past the Dodgers. The Padres got the guns to do it. The guardians were, I think, a median age of 23 or something like that. Bunch of guys, nobody ever heard of um very exciting young team. They're going to be around for a while. And I don't know what the White Sox are going to do because, you know, they lost their manager, their, you know, terrible defensive team couldn't, that's supposed to be an offensive juggernaut never clicked. Um, you know, they'd get Cy Young pitching and waste it, you know, I mean, and then there's Cleveland and that's my fear for the Cubs. It's that like, Oh, the Cubs are going to put something together magical. And then some other team like the Reds, who did all those trades and all those players ended up on the Mariners, uh, you know, who lost to the Astros. Let's you talk know, the, about the Mariners actually. Yeah. I well, mean, that I, was can sad. I just I mean, 18 say innings? Oh my God. Well,
0: not even that game one. Like I want to talk about game one because I, you know, the Mariners had a pretty good lead in this game. I can't remember if it was like seven to one or seven to three or whatever. It was yeah, they, had a they decent blew decent. I was, I was paying attention at a conference. So kind of like checking the score periodically. And I saw the ninth inning unraveling and I was like, ah, oh, this isn't great. Ah, uh, this really isn't great. And then when I, what were they doing? They take out. I think it was Paul Sewald at that point. They take out Paul Sewald, bring in Robbie Ray.
1: Robbie Ray, yeah. To
0: face Jordan Alvarez, and look here. Here's the thing: Jordan Alvarez might be the best pure hitter in Major League Baseball. I mean, you could make an argument that it's Aaron Judge. You could make an argument that it might. It's like a Xander Bogarts or something. Like you, there are other guys in the conversation for sure. But one of the dudes in this conversation is Jordan Alvarez. Why are you bringing in a starter to face Jordan Alvarez at all? Why are you not walking Jordan Alvarez? I just, I feel like, and I know this is such a weird thing to say because it's a five-game series and it's only one at bat. I think Jordan Alvarez single-handedly won that entire series in that at bat.
1: He really come did. That
0: was too much for the Mariners to come back from. It was a walk-off. The energy was incredible. It was like, you just knew the Mariners were not going to recover. And it was so sad.
1: Yeah. No, it, it yeah, I know. It and that was really when they lost that game, you could just hear the the, the see us rise sunk back into the sea. <laughs> it's Just like see that was that was the end of that. Um yeah, and um yeah, yeah, he carried the team. you, you win that and then he did it again. Um did he had the, the another game winning home run in and um I, it wasn't like a walk off like that one. But. Well,
0: and then there was the 18 inning game and I was like, maybe if the Mariners come back here, mm-hmm. like they'll, they'll get some momentum. And then the Astros won that. Like I was just, I don't know. Can <laughs> Although oh. I did have a bit of fun imagining Rob Manfred, like freaking out, like, oh my God, there's been no scoring for 18 innings, whatever, shall we do? It's like, I think this is a great game. I love it.
1: Yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, I don't, I, I'm sure that broke a few records, um, but I can't say it would be the greatest game to be at. Can you imagine just sitting through all that? Or this? I mean, I don't know how late that game went. Like same as the the last Padres Dodgers. Actually, that was a daytime game. I think that went um, the eighteen eighty one. Didn't that? I think that one started maybe around three o'clock or something like that our time. But that game went six hours and twenty two minutes. Yeah, it started at one oh eight.
0: Oh yeah. You couldn't have paid me to turn off that game though. It was, it was great. I was, I had the whole thing on, like I was doing some work in the background and stuff, but it was on the whole time. Um, start
1: at lunchtime end at dinnertime. I mean, that's a full, that's a, that's a full work day right there. I mean, and then the, <laughs> but then the other game that I, I, but this, I, this game I missed was cause I see in the notes, you want to talk about the Padres coming back with that five run. And we against really the have yeah. I mean, and that was awesome, but it was at central time is at at two in the morning. I was sleeping. I was, I had that game on the Dodgers winning, I think two to nothing or something like that. And I just, you know, it was like the fourth and I'm like, I gotta go to like this. It's a Tuesday. Like that's the problem with all these, you know, it's just the middle of the night by the, with the, some of these West coast games.
0: Yeah, I, um, I admit that I was falling asleep for that comeback too, but I will say that we talked about this on the show and we've talked about this with the 2015 series with the Cubs and the Cardinals before. Like you gotta, you gotta beat the big boss. You gotta beat the team in your division that you've never been able to beat. And I really feel like the Padres coming back there was beating the big boss of the Dodgers. Like I actually think that will transform the way the Padres play the Dodgers for the next year or two. Cause they yeah. just no longer will have that sense of inevitability that the Dodgers are going to come back and thwart them. And it was incredible. It was, it was really cool to see the only fan base that I thought has been as interesting and as loud as the Phillies is the Padres. I love this NLCS. I, I don't want either team to lose. I just, I love it. I love the energy of the whole thing. I will talk. In fact, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. We, we need to do that. We're well past time. But on the flip side, we'll talk about the NLCS, then we'll talk about the ALCS and what we hope for for the World Series. But first, a quick break. So back to this NLCS matchup, Phillies and Padres. Danny, the Padres fans, when they get into it, are so freaking loud. And it for the first game and about, I don't know, two or three innings of the second game, they were taken out of this entire experience because the Phillies just kept rolling. Um, Vlad Sedler, who's a outstanding fantasy baseball analyst and player uh, noted on Twitter that like the Phillies really looked like the team to beat because they just got hot at the right time. Their bats were firing and their pitching was lights out and everything was looking good. And until yesterday's fifth inning, when the Padres dropped a five spot on them, I really thought, are the Phillies just going to sweep the Padres? Are the Phillies just going to steamroll this entire series? Now, they're not. Like, the Padres came back and won. But, man, when Schwarber hit that home run to the upper deck, by the way, second longest home run in postseason history in the StatCast era. So, since, like, 2015. You know who has the first one, right?
1: Him, too? No. On the (laughs) shoreboard? Oh, no.
0: That's on the list of the top ten. No, no. It is Wilson Contreras. And mm-hmm. it is the bomb that he hit in game four of the NLCS in 2017 that went 491 feet off the left field scoreboard. Um, but it wasn't hit nearly as hard. Wilson's, I think, was like 116 off the bat and Schwarber's was like 119.7. 119. It was literally the fifth he hardest baseball it. in the last seven years. <laughs> it was such yeah, a cool shot.
1: I mean, talk about the Cubs team that needs some lefty slug and you watch Schwarber do it, like hitting a bomb like that. And then Rizzo hitting them for the Yankees. It's, it's pretty frustrating. You know, it's like, I, it really kills my enjoyment of watching some of these games. Like I'm I'm happy for them, but then I, I I'm, Oh, I'm such a Homer. You know what I mean? Like I am, I'm a baseball fan, I guess, but like, I'm really way more of a Cubs fan. You know, I only want what's good for the Cubs and you know, none of this is great for the Cubs. Now we got to face these guys. So, uh, and we're going to have to face them all next year. And I'm like, well, you should be on our team. You know, th- so um, yeah. Also, I want to point out that um, I'm old. Because remember, I said that that game that I missed the end of was on a Tuesday. <laughs> and so that's why I couldn't see it. It was on Saturday night. I, just, I, just,
0: <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, days are days are irrelevant so to me right now. All I do is get in, get on planes and fly to new cities, and then I'm in a new time yeah. zone, and then I'm like, I don't know what time it is. And I literally, for the first time in probably six years, uh, messed up a meeting earlier this week because I had the time in my head as Central Time, and I am in Mountain Time, and so I showed up. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, were you delayed by your travel? Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, delayed, and I was like, oh my god, time zones. <laughs> Like, I cannot believe I did that.
1: But uh, yeah, I know it's easy to do, Um, but you know, the getting back to this Phillies uh, game, I mean, Aaron Nola, I don't know what happened to him there, but um, you know, maybe he got tight playing his brother, (laughs) it's pretty kind of, it's kind of a fun little story they've got going there, but it's um, you know, it's, he just didn't have it and kind of surprising. They're really going to need him. He's going to get another start in this series, most definitely um, back in Philadelphia. But um, yeah, it's um, I thought the Phillies were going to steamroll, too. And if if you take out that fifth inning, they they win this one, too. You know, but the Padres 13 hits, um, you know, and also talk about a weird time of day. Here's the other thing they don't do in these series is so you're in San Diego. You got a day game at 1 p.m. and nobody can catch a fly ball. Every wow. single fly ball is just the worst adventure of all time. Yep. And and it's just like they're not taking I know they've got it they just I wish wish they would be more flexible with like how, you know, the days and times that they do this stuff and it's all about TV. The other thing that they do is they play at such weird times when there's like shadow lines that are so odd so that, you know, the pitchers in the sun and the batters in the shade or, or something like that. And um, you know, it makes it, it makes it that it's not the the game that they usually play at that stadium. Like there's a reason they start games at the times that they do. And then they just throw that all out the window in the playoffs Unless you're team. the Yankees, if
0: you're the Yankees, you get to play in prime time every single time. Unless there's a rain delay, and then you have to complain about it, which is another reason I'll never cheer for this team. But like, yeah, it's like the only team that gets a predictable start time is like the Yankees, and if the Yankees aren't in, then the Red Sox or the Dodgers. Everybody else has to deal with these like we're going to play at eleven o'clock games, which is like, come on, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's, there's just a few things that I think that they could clean up and, and they won't because they don't really care that much because it's all about the TV revenue ultimately. And, um, but I'm, I'm curious about like what they're going to do and you know what this looks like when the pot, let's say it ends up being Padres Yankees and you've guys got this like widespread time zone. And so does are they going to make the Padres play? And this is exactly what I'm talking about. They're going to make them play at four o'clock or five, right when you're getting those weird shadows and the, as the sun goes down and, you know, there's some left fielder is going to be looking directly into the sun on every line drive. So <laughs> it's just like, it, you know, we saw that with like Jason Hayward, you would, you know, when the, you'd get to a certain time of the year and the sun would go down in right field at Wrigley Fields. You know, and sometimes you can't avoid that, but it's just like they just aren't taking it into consideration and they don't care. But We saw Juan Soto drop that ball. Um, Every ball, the center field uh, in this Padres game was an adventure. And so even the Phillies scoring earlier in that game, it was the Padres just not being able to make plays because the sun was setting weird. Right, you know, so
0: I felt so bad for Juan Soto, man, on that ball that he lost in right field. Like the the big inning for the Phillies, there was a bunch of bloop singles and like Juan Soto losing a ball in the set. And I was so glad that he was part of that big fifth inning comeback because I w- Juan Soto must be like in his head a little bit. Like he's such a good baseball player, even with his struggles this year. His wRC plus was like one forty five. Like he's an he has a a down version of Juan Soto is still 45% better at creating runs than the league average baseball player. And still he has just not been that great since going over to San Diego. And so it's one of those situations where it's like you, I want him to thrive. I want him to be, I want the fan base to see the real Juan Soto doing things in the playoffs. And also, I don't know, man, I'd be totally happy if all of these Phillies Padres games were like, Ten to twelve, or like yeah. pitching duels that got that got walked off for the home crowd, or like I want the Phillies and Padres fans to totally out loud each other. I want them to be chirping at each other on Twitter, and you know I will say this for the Phillies, I agree with you, they're kind of a brutal fan base, and like I I don't know that I would show up at a Phillies Cubs game in Philadelphia in Cubs gear by myself. Like I think that might be a dumb thing to do, and also they're incredibly good at mocking their opponents. (laughs) Like they're as good as the left field bleachers at mocking their opponents.
1: Yeah, no, they are except for when they're chucking batteries at your head. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, and I did not appreciate them trying to reappropriate the chop like they were chopping again, anytime the Braves were down or the Phillies had done a good thing, they, they would start doing the top the chop in Philadelphia. And I was like, let's mm-hmm. not do that. Let's, let's not take the racist stuff that the other team does and do that. But yeah. some of the stuff they was, they were yelling, which is not safe for this podcast was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah. No, no, they're, they're great at being jerks. That's it. They are very talented at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm for saying. Sure.
0: Um, Let's talk, about, well, before we get to this other series, Danny, do you have a preference for who wins this Phillies Padres series? Because I honestly don't. I'm like, whoever wins this series is who I'm cheering for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, I'm just kind of enjoying,
1: well, yeah, I'm with you. I'm just kind of enjoying watching it. I, I'm enjoying watching this more than the Yankees Astros, that's for sure, which just kind of like leaves a bad taste in my mouth overall. So, But yeah, this Phillies Padres, I mean, it's what's interesting to me is that you know, there's none of the low money teams left. All these teams spent. They're all top payroll. So when Ricketts comes out and says, well, you can't buy a team. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> you, you can. You can. The Phillies and Padres <laughs> out, did.
0: The Phillies, out, Padres, yeah. Mets, and Dodgers all bought baseball teams. Look at that. And look how that worked out. Yeah. Turns oh my out, god. Yeah. Not to mention yeah. the not to mention Atlanta, who has like extended all of their young talent and now has their core locked up to like twenty twenty seven. The yeah. first time they need to worry about one of their core players not being on their team for right now is twenty twenty seven. It's like yeah. so everywhere around baseball, they're doing it except in the NL Central for and the Chicago Cubs. Good good job, NL Central. I appreciate yeah. your mediocrity and your commitment to just barely making it to the playoffs and just trading off who's gonna do it each year. Uh, well.
1: We were wondering out loud the other day whether there'd be a 500 team in the Central because we have to play all the other leagues and we only have what 13 games against your or or is it less? No, it's 11. I forget what it was, but it, I think it's five think less it's, games. Six, five, I think six. it's
0: 13. I think it used 13. to be 19 and now it's 13.
1: 13. So you have six less games against your division rivals. So that's, well, that's only 24 games, but still that could sink you. That could put you under 500 if you lose, you know, two thirds of those. So it, it, there might not be a 500 team in the central.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be wild. Gee, yeah. I, we'll see how it works out. We'll see if the Cubs can get themselves up to 80 wins.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well If anybody can, like the, the central could be one with 80 wins. It's just possible.
0: Let's talk about this ALCS, which I know neither of us is a huge fan of. I, I mean, we all—it's—it's it's pretty funny, actually. I've not looked at the results as of this morning, but um, in the piece that I wrote yesterday, we included a poll about who you wanted to win, whether it was the Yankees or the Astros or a meteor. Because I had a line in the piece about,
1: "Yeah, I voted uh, meteor."
0: Yeah, so so did about sixty percent of the people yeah, who winning. I had seen yeah. as of yesterday. Uh, Cubs fans definitely would like a meteor to hit either. What is Houston's park called these days? Tropic. No, what
1: is it no. called? Minute I don't Maid? even know
0: what Minute Maid. Yeah, it's like not Tropicana. The other orange juice. Minute Maid Park or Yankee Stadium. We're, we're rooting for the Meteor in on the north side of Chicago. Um, I don't know, man. Like the only things I care about in this series are one, I like Anthony Rizzo. I like him to be happy. Aaron Judge is all right. I guess I wouldn't hate if he was happy too. Uh, Dusty Baker deserves a deserves a ring. Like I think it's kind of a travesty that he's had so many successful teams and never actually won a world series. Well, he did those are the with only the Dodgers things,
1: in 81.
0: <laughs> those are the only things Yeah, but not as a manager. Like those are yeah. the only things I care about. Uh, frankly, I want the Phillies or Padres to throttle either one of these teams. And after looking at their stats yesterday, I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle. These Yankees and Astros rosters, they're pitching um, everything they do is upper echelons of the league. And frankly, the same cannot be said of the Phillies or the Padres.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think over all these teams, if you're going to look at all of them and who you'd want to just end up with the ring at the end, um, I got to say that I, I kind of <laughs> dig the the Padres doing it. Um, and and I'm trying as hard as I can to get to over 1984. I really am, and I'm like this could be it. And I'm trying to look at it in this perspective. Like my I've got some family outside of uh, San Diego, and the boy is 12. And he was, so six years ago when the Cubs won it, he remembers it, but he never got to, to it, it to happen. He was pretty little though, you know? So he remembers it, but this would be a very memorable local World Series win for him. And I'm just thinking no matter who he ends up being a big fan of uh, in the future, this will solidify his love of baseball. If he gets like sure. two championships within his young life, you know? So um, I know he's a big fan. He's been watching with his dad and mom. Uh, his oldest sister kind of likes it. I think they all kind of like it. But I, I I think I've already got the older girls into Cub fandom. So they probably have you – know, and their parents are Cubs fans too. So it's like one of those things like if I was living in New York and the Mets were in it, I was kind of like, yay, go Mets. But I was really like, wish it was the Cubs. So maybe I got him feeling that way. So if anything, I want the Padres to to do it just for his sake.
0: Yeah, I I can see that. That's a that's a totally valid reason for wanting the Padres to win. Like I said, I I love when Kyle Schwarber is happy. I love when Nick Castellanos is happy. It would be fun to see the Phillies win. I think that their celebrations have been great. I dude, that I want to see more bombs from Kyle Schwarber. I I, yeah,
1: that four hundred
0: and eighty eight feet man of Schwarbs was so. So good, and simultaneously, I have a bunch of um, friends, including my the next door neighbors I grew up to grew up with uh, my whole life, who are Padres fans, and the Padres have never won. Like I I know what it feels like when your team has never won, has never won in your lifetime, like, and you've never been able to celebrate a World Series win, and so for them, I'm kind of like, man, the Schmitzes would be so happy. If the Padres won, and look, I'm literally like y'all can't see this because we don't do the YouTube thing. I'm literally wearing the San Diego City Connect Pitching Ninja T-shirt right now, and I got it a couple months ago with the idea that the Padres might be one of the teams I adopt in the postseason. And like, I I would be perfectly happy with either of these teams winning. If
1: 1984 had never happened and and I didn't have uh, like a deep seated uh, even it's a bit for me, you know, it's like a bit to hate the Padres, you know, it's, you know, they did the wave and Steve Garvey has really hairy arms and I, and, and I just hated them and Eric Chow and all those guys, you know, uh, they just drove me nuts and I, and I hated him as a kid. So I'm trying to roll that back. And so even though I'm trying to root for them, I am rooting for them through clenched teeth. It feels like it's, it's, it's not natural. We can, right. I just want the Cubs back in it. I just, I need the, I don't care about these stupid other teams. <laughs> I, I don't really care. I'm like, I'm forcing fandom and it doesn't feel good. I'd rather just not watch.
0: Well, Danny, I, I got news for you. I don't think the Cubs are going to be back in it for a few years. I mean, I, by my calculations, the Cubs would need to add four or five premier free agents this off season no and problem. have Brennan Davis and Mash Mervis and probably Miguel Amaya or someone like come up and be, and just be nails immediately. And I just, I don't know, like hitting on multiple prospects and all of your free agent signings seems like, well, kind of like what the Cubs thought they were going to do this year. So I'm
1: not really Did sure they? why they're,
0: why they're going to do it next year. Um, but if they do, we will definitely be talking about it here on this podcast and, and I'll bring a bring a report back from the Arizona fall league to let you know what I think the odds of the Cubs prospects hitting are. uh, until then, however, you can find me and Danny on our various social media platforms, Danny, where can people find you and your wishes for a meteor to hit Yankee stadium and, or minute made park, uh, during this ALCS and NLCS.
1: Yeah. At sun Ranto on Twitter and the Sunranto show, uh, which is, uh, in another podcast. Well, it's a live show that you can tune into whenever the heck we do it. So if you follow at Sunranto, you'll find out when that is.
0: Awesome. You can find me at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find everything from the podcast, including episodes and the stuff we talk about at the podcast account at cup of cubby blue. Uh, We we are definitely all NL all the time right now. Go Phillies, go Padres, save us from another Yankees or Astros celebration. And we will be back next week uh, with a wrap on the championship series, a preview of the world series and our takes for what we'll be looking for in the fall Classic. until next time.